Hello, and welcome to SG Squared. Steve Gladen, Global Small Groups Pastor at Saddleback Church, pulls from his 20-plus years of small group ministry experience to encourage and equip listeners to lead more effective small group ministry. Sit back, learn, and enjoy SG Squared with Steve Gladen. Welcome to SG Squared, Steve Gladen on Small Groups. Thank you so much for tuning in. Derek here, as always, along with your other host, Saddleback Church's Connections Pastor, Steve Gladen. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. It's good to have you uh, again. It's good to be back with you. Another exciting show that's going to uh, resource you and help you out in so many ways. So uh, pretty excited about this. You know, when we're recording this, we're kind of in summer, but we, we've got a great string of helping people unpack, you know, what does it mean for the user experience, the UX and engagement. And uh, our next show, we're going to be talking a little bit uh, more about metrics and how you can use data to serve you and your church. But uh, I'm excited about this because it's all about engagement. And I'm excited, Steve, that you're here healthy and safe after uh, another 4th of July, where I'm sure you went around with some uh, heavy-duty fireworks blowing up some mailboxes, right? Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, in, in California, they're really fond of fire and, and works. And so, you know, it can, uh, you know, it's, it's down to sprinklers. I mean, that's sprinklers. That's sprinklers. <laughs> We have lots of sprinklers too to, for the fires and all that, but yeah, it was it was pretty docile. But our small group was with us as usual for Fourth of July, so it was fun. And I'm sure you had a nice meat and cheese platter, yes. Uh, as you are the cheese connoisseur of California, but hey, in this episode, we are excited to be joined by a very special guest from Saddleback Church, who is going to lead us through ten strategic tips for follow up with small group leaders. So why don't you give our listeners, Steve, a uh, introduction of our special guest? Yeah, so uh, it's really great because Dave Arnold and I are cohorts together in creating mayhem here at Saddleback Church. Uh, Dave's been on staff almost 20 years here. He, he's our pastor and director of strategic initiatives, uh, which means he works on a, with a with a lot of people with means and resources. And Dave and I think a lot alike in the terms of making data do a lot of the work for you. And Dave, you did a talk that we kind of have gleaned for our show notes. And it's great to have you in here. You spent some time training all of our campus pastors on dealing with uh, a lot of the people in our church who may be high capacity or high givers or just great in the leadership zone, but can you, I mean, help our listeners. I know you from you, what you brought from corporate and uh, decided to take a little bit of cut and pay and follow Jesus a little bit closer and work at the church and bless the church in a, in a number of different ways. But can you give our listeners just a little bit of your heart on a little bit of the secular background that you had and then, and moving forward into Saddleback and what brought you here? Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Derek. It's exciting to be here. When you asked, I, I, my answer was yes. I didn't quite know what I was saying yes to, but I've done that before. I, I came out of, as you know, the business world. I was in uh, medical products, uh, started a company, which we ultimately took public. And, you know, by, by some definitions, had a lot of successes in business. Um, and then I felt the call to come uh, do uh, spend the rest of my life in ministry. And I've been here, as you said, almost 20 years. And um, a lot of people think they're very different. Uh, 
business versus ministry, and they kind of draw that business and ministry. At the end of the day, they're both people businesses. Yeah. Um, any business you're doing, especially if it's successful, is dealing with people. You have customers, you have employees, you have uh, um, suppliers, they're people. And, um, and so a lot of the things you learn over the course of your lifetime in dealing with people are highly transferable to the church world. And uh, as you said, we get a chance to talk to our pastors and so forth. But one of the things and uh, you mentioned was data. And, and data helps you narrow things down, but it doesn't, it's not really where the rubber hits the road. It just gives you uh, a direction of where you should be spending your time. And when people get down to actually spending the time, it comes down to just the basics of what do you do with that time now that you've identified something yeah. to work on. So one of the things that I learned at church was working with um, people, small group leaders, pastors, they're not really all that comfortable just sitting down and having a conversation with people, something as simple as uh, coffee. It's a little awkward. In business, if you're a salesman, of course, you're used to inviting guests and customers out, uh, but you always have a motive to sell them something. In the, in the Christian world and in the small groups world, as it applies to this group, we just want people to be completely comfortable that it's just a natural thing to pick up the phone or send a text and say, hey, how you doing? Would you like to get together and start to form some form of a relationship? You bring up a, a great point there because there's, there's so often we see a lot of our pastors in the building when the people are outside the building. And so often the, the very thing that we know we should do, I mean, obviously we come on the weekends, we see them at the weekends all the time, but the thing we got to do is Monday through Friday, maximize that time as best as possible, because we know it's all relational. If you're going to challenge somebody, if you're going to grow somebody, if you're going to speak truth into somebody, it, it, it's all based off the relationships too in that. Absolutely. And I, I use the term proactive ministry or reactive ministry. If you're in the building and someone calls and you pick up the phone, you've reacted. Right. But if you pick up the phone and call someone or run into somebody in the marketplace or in the, out of the coffee shop, it's proactive. You went forward and took it, took, took them, took the time to recognize them and to honor them in that. So uh, there is where I think we, I'd like to encourage people to be totally comfortable in doing that. And like any other skill, you take a baby step and you start out there and, um, and, and work from there and build on it. You need to realize that the people you're talking to, whether they're, um, group leaders or potential group leaders for you or in small groups or other, other pastors. Uh, these are just regular people like you. They have the same goals. They have the same fears. They have the same insecurities. They got families, family issues, family problems. They got health problems. They got financial, you name it. They've got them all. Um, and most likely you can relate to all or many of those. Yeah. Maybe at a different level, but certainly good things to start conversations on and find common ground. Yeah. I know one of the things that, uh, and before we get into these 10 tips, you know, to set some framework, I know one of the things that I'm always trying to instill into our pastors is, you know, to, to be confident because I go, you are a pastor of Saddleback church or you're a pastor of church X and it, God has put you in that role for a very specific reason. And it's, it's super important for us to know that God has called us into the ministry so, so that we can manage what he has given us, that he has challenged us, that he wants to do this. We are, we are these people's pastor and he has put us over them to help guide them 
protect them and to guide them and minister to them. And uh, I, I don't know what you're seeing, but I mean, confidence is one of the things we just want to instill in our people. I agree. And confidence comes from experience. Yeah, but true. In our particular case, let me start with Bible. It tells us this is our role. You are the pastor. You are responsible for your, your people's health. Yeah. Uh, Second Corinthians 5.10 says that you um, have spiritual issues with people. And again, um, we have people that uh, are, we have a biblical mandate yeah. to shepherd and to serve. So this isn't something that's new to uh, us. It's a mandate that comes from the Bible. It's biblically supported. And it's a, there's a skill set. I will admit it's a comfort level, but as anybody remembers the first time they did anything, swim, get on a bicycle, travel, almost anything. The first time it's a whole different thing than the 10th time you've done it. It's just the best place to start is just go, go and do it. Um, get over it. We'll push into your fear if you have any. Fear. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about that in the tips. Another part just to set the foundation. We talk about know the landscape. Now we're going to talk about knowing the landscape of your people a little bit more, but I know for us in, in Orange County, California, and it's pretty systemic throughout the world. A lot of times it's there, there's three spiritual giants that we're always dealing with. One of them is isolation. And this is where people, there's a spiritual void. And this is where the, the pastor piece comes in because we are, we are experts at helping people fill that void that got created when Adam and Eve sinned and broke relationship with God. And the important part of there is understanding that there's a level of isolation that is in the landscape out there that we want to help break down and minister to with our people. There's also a level of materialism. It's, it's another giant that, that is out there that people are just consumed with stuff and catalogs. And, and I, and I find myself, I I'm like going, huh, I, I should go to Amazon in my free time. And I'm just like going, no, I don't want to go to Amazon because I don't have any meaning with that. But uh, I know you have a cool statistic because uh, people always think money handles everything. Do you remember the one you, you gave? Yeah, it, it is interesting because the statistics are that one third of the people owning earning over 250000 a year, one third of the people, that's a pretty good income, live paycheck to paycheck. That's crazy. So they are consumed by spending what many of us would think was a, a pretty good income. And uh, the other one you mentioned, isolation and uh, kind of spiritually void, they, you're going to feel that somehow. Do you yeah. fill it with the wrong thing or do you fill it with the right thing? So I think what I'd like to have people realize is that when you pick up the phone and call somebody and they receive that phone call, you, you may have given them the nicest thing that happened all day that somebody actually acknowledged them. They didn't have to go seeking it out. Yeah. Um, the third thing you talk about things that get you, you, uh, busy is isolation, materialism, and then just busyness. Yeah. People that you mentioned, Amazon, they're bombarding you with stuff. I would say that the marketplace, Amazon or Costco, or some of these places, your grocery store are better at marketing than we are in the Christian world. Yeah. They, they seem to know, you know, let's, it's time to send Dave another, another email to get him to <laughs> see what's on sale and get his interest. And boy, they can. They can stop you cold and make you want to do that. And then on top of that, I mean, Derek, you would know this too, because you, you got a young family with that, but just family life, busyness, Dave, you and I are in a little bit of a different season with that, but busyness can also be, you know, consuming of just all the, the things that are vying for our time. 
you're right. AI is fine for our time with every device that we're, we're doing because it's picking us up more and more. But the thing I want you to understand is in, as we're setting this up, know that landscape that your people are bombarded with because you are that life preserver that gives them the answers to slay these three giants that are out there. Uh, the other thing I would just say before, and we'll jump into the, the 10 pips really quick here as Derek's going to set it up, but it, it's also preparing yourself and I'll give it from the, our, our cut of this small group side of it, Dave. And if you have something you want to offer, but you know, part of it is, is you, as we are engaging with people, we got to make sure we have the highest character and we're buying what we sell. And if you're trying to go out there and pitch with them, the importance of being a small group leader, the importance of being in a small group, the importance of working on spiritual health, boy, make sure that it, it's a passion area of yours. Make sure that is center in your life so that you can talk to them very authentically and, uh, and work with that. I don't know if you experience that as you you've been doing some of the training here across Saddleback. I, I couldn't agree more. You, you need to be, be modeling that, but don't mind admitting you struggle with it. I, I admit, I struggle with priorities. I struggle with my time, but I am goal. My goal is to be purposeful in my, um, in my time and purposeful what I use my time on and reflect that. So I want to be, you can't, you, you got to love what you said. You know, you, you've got to be buying what you're selling. You can't just be over there talking theory. Yeah. Uh, even if you're struggling with the practice, admit yeah. it. But don't, don't struggle. Don't, don't uh, um, let that catch up to you. The other one is um, share a story. Be authentic. Be truthful. Yeah. We, if you're struggling, struggle, but struggle together. People love journeying through life together. And it's a great opportunity. And it uh, endears you to someone. And again, we're building relationships. So therefore, if we are building relationships, the more things you can build that upon, the better it is. Yep. Derek, why don't you take us into the, the 10 tips and let's uh, fire out some practical stuff because what we want is we want our, our small group pastors, our coaches, or our community leaders learning how to engage the best way possible. And we'll do a little rapid fire here and, uh, these 10 things are just gold to help you out. All right. We will jump into the 10 strategic tips for follow-up with small group leaders. So where do we start with all this? As I'm looking over our, some of our notes for the show here, number one is review your group list. What do you guys mean by review your group list? Can you break that down for us? Let me, let me just take a, a, a half a step back for just a second, Derek, and pre-apologize that some of this may sound real basic. And everybody goes, my goodness, that's about as basic as you can get. But I learned something from, uh, many of you probably heard of John Wooden, who is one of the most famous uh, basketball coaches at UCLA. And he never took anything for granted. The best and the brightest, the best players from all the high schools around the United States, around the world, came to play under his leadership. And many of you maybe heard the story, but the very first thing he talked about with these hotshot players that just got scholarships to UCLA is, how do you put on your socks? And you go, why would you need to learn that? And his, and his answer was, if you don't know the beginnings and you make a mistake putting on your socks, you'll have a, 
a roll in your sock. You'll have a blister by the end of the game. You could be out for three or four games. So forgive me if some of this sounds real basic, but it's some of the best things in the world you can do is go through the basics and just recognize them again. So you start with your list. You've got a group of people. Maybe you've got five, maybe you've got 10, maybe you've got more than that of, of who's on your list. That's, those are your people. I would say you start with them by praying about them, by uh, adding some candidates to that list and maybe even prioritizing them in the sense that, you know, what order do you want to kind of take them? And if it's, if it's new to you, take the, take some all hanging fruit, take the one that you uh, feel the most comfortable with. Uh, or if you're one of those kind of people who wants to jump in the deep end, pick the one you've never talked to before and barely know and, and uh, feel like maybe if I mess that one up, uh, it won't matter. But I'm, I'm trying to make light of it, but you've got a list of people. These are people you know. They're already some of your small group leaders. They've been involved as volunteers, but you may not know them all that well. Uh, some of them are, again, they don't attend a lot of events, so they may or may not be on your radar. So get your list out, however you want to do that. I don't yeah, know. And, and, and I think one of the things I, I would just challenge our listeners to is so often that you, 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 every one of you that are listening, you've got your list. You know the list. But so often it's hard to take that first step and just make a call. And so you, you want to make sure that, that you, you, you've just got that, that list there, but start to prioritize it and, and get those things. Like, I love what you said, Dave, you, you may want to take the easy ones and it's just the, the people, you know, great, get, get some, get some rhythm under your belt. Uh, but you know, as you go from there, you just, you're shaking your list and just dialing it in so that set a goal. Uh, when you look at the next 30 days of just trying to figure out how many on this list would you dream uh, of, of talking to, but set a goal so that you can at least make that list go that next level. The second thing I want to do, I was just going to add something real quick. Um, now a lot of small group point people that are listening might be at large churches where when they think of their small group leader list, it's pretty vast. Um, but there also might be small group point people from smaller churches, right? That maybe they only have got uh, five people on their list and they know all of them really well, right? So um, at that point, you're approaching it a little bit, obviously way more relationally, right? Yeah, Derek, I, I would agree with you on that in the standpoint of uh, the, the smaller list, the smaller church, we see that as some of our smaller campuses, they see the people all the time, but then it may be more the discernment of trying to figure out who am I, who am I going to challenge first in a, in a specific area? Because I know with our leaders, sometimes it's just encouraging them to lead the group and do your group as best as possible. For some of them, I'm trying to take that challenge up a little bit and be a leader of leaders uh, with, with another factor. And so it, it could be different roles, but the the better you know them, the deeper you want to go with the challenge to them. And, and that brings me to the point is the better you know them. Uh, you may already know them. Um, you, you may be adding to your list. You may be uh, having new people making inquiries. But, and, and I don't want this to sound um, uh, any kind of uh, any, anything other than try and know as much as you can about what's available to know about them. If you, if you don't know the people real well, your church may have a, um, a database or something that says that a little bit about them, how many kids they have, are there kids in the kids program? Do they sing in the choir? Are they served in the men's ministry? You should know that there shouldn't be any data that your church has available to you that you haven't taken a few minutes to, 
to, to study and learn. If it's not creepy to go look up their address on a Zulu or something and see where they live. They live in an apartment. They live in a condo. They live in a freestanding home. Um, how long they live there. This is public information. It's not, not private. Um, I would check LinkedIn, Facebook. People are putting things out there all the time. You want to find out what their hobbies are and so forth. And if they're running a company or work for a particular company, Google the company. Find out a little bit about it. Are they in an engineering company? Are they in a medical company? Whatever there is. And, and not to be the world's expert on them. In fact, actually keep that information to yourself. But as you get to know them, uh, you can start to be a little more open and sharing. Hey, I heard you had three kids in the Sunday school program. How's that going for them? Um, what, what, you know, what, what else can we do with that? So I think it's just know as much as you can about them. Start to work on your little database there and, and build your list up. That'll also give you a lot more confidence going into any meetings you're having or, or your next meeting with these folks. Yeah, I think one of the things we're going to talk about in our next show is is trying to, to compile all your data in your metrics so it, it serves you for the the, the next meeting. We're, we're talking a little bit more about setting up these 10 tips to get you going on the, the first sets of meeting. But part of it is is make sure you, you keep good notes uh, with this. You know, the first tip we talked about, you know, was review the list. The second tip that we're talking about is, you know, pick some names to begin with. And as you're picking these names to begin with, you know, Dave was talking about some, some hard data that you can look at between like social media and, and information that your church may have, but just make sure that you're collecting this data so that you're not starting from scratch all the time. So you can get to know it. Uh, one of the things that we're always talking about is, you know, when you, when you pick some, the names to begin with is making sure you're just keeping a little list of each one of the, the people so that you, you can take notes because one of the things we're going to talk about the, at the very end of the tips is praying for them. There's nothing more insulting that when you're picking some names, if you're, if you don't know the previous conversations that you had with them, I mean, it, it would, if Dave told me to pray for something, the next time I see him say, if I go, how, what do you want me to pray for? He's like, oh, I told you what I want you to pray for. So. Uh, but in the second piece right here, we're talking about, you know, it's the follow-up to the tip. Number one is to pick some of the names to begin with and just get to know something about them. I mean, the, the, the data is right there to help you out. Derek, you, you have any thoughts on that? I loved this, uh, second point of picking some names and knowing as you would call, I think, think it's Steve, you call it soft data. And I've always yeah. liked how you've brought that up. Know the names of the spouse of the, for example, if you're meeting with a small group, you know, leader, man, know who his wife is. And if he has one kid, know the kid's name. And I just know from being on the other side, it means so much when somebody knows a little bit about you and cares enough to not only remember your name, but they know your wife's name. I mean, that's, that's cool. That, that means that, man, this person cares there. They want to know about my family. So I don't think that can be understated. Uh, great points, guys. Okay, so we've done number one, review your group list. We've done number two, you've picked some names and you've learned the soft data. So how do we move to number three and make the invitation? What are some key things you guys have learned in your 20 years each of experience at Saddleback? A couple of things. If you know them well, just pick up the phone and give them a call and just do it. This is one of those Nike moments. Just do it. Grab the phone and, and hit the button. Uh, you can text them. Um, or send them an email and just something casual. Hey, I'd love to grab a cup of coffee with it when it's convenient for you. 
um, I, I, I emphasize that we have a term in Saddleback called hard on us, easy on them. Don't try and make it like they've got to jump to your schedule or whatever. Remember, a lot of the people you're working with are, are um, uh, in, in businesses and they go to work at a certain time, come home at a certain time. They just don't have as much free time. And so you got to make it convenient for them. Um, again, somebody's going to ask you, okay, what do you want? Because whenever anybody calls somebody, they, they say what they want. And I don't mind telling them, I just want to spend some time with you to get to know you better. Well, that's, that's an honest answer. I want to get to know you better. And, um, and if they say, well, why'd you pick me? I always like to say the line, I want to invest my time with the people who are investing in our church and place them in that. You're doing something good with what you're doing, and I'd like to invest my time with you. So you stood out as someone I want to spend the time with. One tip is that we found if you don't know the people, you're kind of, I'll call the term cold calling them. We've actually found that having an assistant or somebody else set up the meeting for you work very, very well. Uh, in my case, I'll have my assistant call and say, hey, uh, Pastor Dave would like to see if you're available to get together with him for a cup of coffee. How's it look for Friday at eight? And it's uh, used to tell and then the ask concept of putting something out there for them. And uh, they almost always ask, even my assistant, well, what does he want? And she usually gives them the simplest answer because that's usually the best. Hey, Pastor Dave just loves to meet with our members. Hey, he gives me a list of contact. You're on the top of that list. And believe it, that seems to take the edge off of everybody. They're, they're fine. Um, we but have Dave, a culture here that aren't used to getting a phone call from a pastor. Yeah. So when they do... They, they do have a reason to wonder what it is you want. So you did, want to did find out my latest sin that I've got. And the, the yeah. And then when you do make a suggestion, again, as I said, pick a place that's close to them uh, in a time that's convenient for them. Um, we all have our favorite coffee shop that's close to our home. A lot of us have a favorite coffee shop that's close to our business. Go to theirs. I've had more fun going to other people's favorite places than I have uh, uh, dragging them to my own. Um, there are a couple of little issues. Um, when I meet with, uh, I meet with men and we have a policy here that we never meet with uh, a woman by herself, but we actually invite them to bring their wives if they'd like. Um, sometimes they'll ask me. And, um, and so we will uh, do that. Otherwise you have to work out some logistics if you need to bring someone else with you um, for a meeting with just a woman, if, if one of your key leaders is a woman. Uh, again, those are simple and obvious things you can work around, but just be conscious of, of where they are. And then as you set these meetings up, um, I, I like to confirm. I think um, it's professional and it's also personal to go, hey, I can't wait to see you tomorrow at uh, 8 o'clock at Joe's Coffee. Looking forward to spending our time together. It reminds them that it's, uh, it's on, the on the calendar. So you know it's, you're not sitting there at Joe's being embarrassed that the guy didn't show up. But it also do it in a friendly manner that, it, again, one more time to reinforce uh, the pastoral moment of can't wait to spend time with you. Looking forward to our time. This is exciting for them. Um, again, a lot of stuff I'm telling you comes out of business. Uh, be on time. Early is even better. I like to get there and kind of get an idea of, um, you know, uh, what Joe's Coffee Shop has on the menu that they're known for their, uh, their particular whatevers. So I'm not walking in cold and they're sitting there already and uh, awkward moment. Um, it, it's usually easier. Uh, especially quite frankly, I meet some people sometime. I don't know what they actually look like. So I, I find a position in the place that I can kind of keep an eye on the door and see an individual walk in and looking like they're looking for somebody and I can jump up and kind of reinforce them. 
If I don't know them, I usually try and give me either a picture of myself or a brief description uh, before I meet them. So again, I'm doing everything I can. I hope you're doing everything you can to make it friendly and drop any awkwardness, any discomfort, anything you can from it. Yeah. One of the things that helps so much uh, when we were talking about the second tip is when you're going through social media, a lot of times you're going to see their picture. And, uh, you, you know, just help refresh you on that. But just a, a personal story here is that, you know, at Saddleback, we have a lot of different campuses and they're far away. Uh, and we always make it a policy, well, not policy, but it, it's our value that we go to their campus. And so, you know, and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it. Uh, when well, we're going up to the LA campus and it's a two hour drive, it's like, oh, who's my carpool buddy, number one. Uh, but the other thing is, it's just, you know, going through, it, it is hard. It takes a chunk out of our day. But over and over and over again, this is us visiting our own staff. They're so appreciative that we came to them. How much more our people of our congregation are going to be thrilled when we put the priority on them. You pick something close to your work. You pick something close to you. You pick your time. And I'm going to be there because getting this engagement is the highest priority you have because they're taking care of souls in your church. They are leading your small groups and you want to make sure you're helping them off as best as possible. Well stated. Um, so many great little uh, points there. Uh, the one about uh, Dave, you said, you know, a lot of times people are, wanting to know why does my pastor want to meet with me? And I was thinking the same thing Steve was a little bit differently though. Like they're probably thinking, man, am I, am I going to get let go? Am I going to get, am I going to be fired as a small group leader? So is there anything you do? <laughs> is there anything you do or have your assistant do to say like, this is about just uh, wanting to get to know you better? Or do you just on purpose leave that up as a kind of surprise? No, absolutely not. As, as it, it, vague is the one that, gets people concerned. Be very specific. Pastor Dave just wants to spend some time with you. Yeah. That's as positive as you can get and not big at all. He's got nothing he wants, just wants to spend time with you. Um, because anything else sounds alarmist out there. So be real clear. Awesome. So, so uh, no, I was just going to say, uh, unless you, unless you guys have anything else on that one, I was going to say, so you're, you're finally, the day arrives, you're going to meet with them. So how do we now uh, just get to the point where as the leader, you are relaxed and you can enjoy the conversation without being intimidated? That's exactly it. Just relaxed. Um, I, I love the expression, pretend you've been in the end zone before. Pretend you've sat and, you know, with a person you don't know very well and you're just enjoying them. We, here's something we, that's a little unique to uh, church and Christianity versus business. You are going to spend eternity with these people. And sometimes I'll even say that to a guy, I go, hey, it's fun getting to know you. We're going to spend eternity together. And today was just an appetizer. It was just the beginning. Um, think long term. We, uh, we're not just spending um, the next hour together. We're spending eternity. Remember, people just want to be treated the way you do. They just want to be treated um, uh, as, a, as a friend. They have the same problems and so forth that we talked about. Uh, some of the problems we don't have. Uh, you don't need to make it awkward. Uh, you, you can always start with just their story. Just tell me a little bit about yourself. By the way, a little tip. Um, if you don't know a lot of pe about people's families, and even if you think you do, 
be very careful to not accidentally ask a, 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 a question that is an awkward question. Uh, for instance, sometimes you'll ask somebody, you know, uh, how many kids do you have? Well, that sounds like they're supposed to have a lot of kids to impress you. And maybe they just have one, mm. or maybe they've lost one, or maybe there's other issues, or maybe there's not even a great relationship with their kids. A wonderful open-ended question is just say, tell me about your family and, uh, get an icebreaker getting started. Just get the conversation started. Um, your end of it, you should be able to talk almost a monologue of telling exciting things about what's going on in the church, exciting things about what's going on in your small groups and uh, the future for the small groups. And if you got some excitement and enthusiasm, it will be contagious. Um, and, and then again, do not ask for anything. We're here to pastor these people. We're here to develop a relationship. Do exactly what you said you were going to do. I just want to get to know you. Yeah, when you're, I, I think uh, when you're talking about how you set the tone is going to set the tone of the whole conversation. Yes. And the more relaxed you can be. And again, if it's your first time, you know, uh, you know, setting the invitation and you're, you're going to their coffee shop or you're, you're going to their favorite restaurant and, and, you know, depending on your personality type, uh, you know, Dave, I think, well, Derek and I, all three of us on the, on this show, I think we could land anywhere in the forest and we could talk to a big black bear and just to, you know, enjoy life in, in, in you know, in, in, you know, wherever we're at, but it, it's one of those things where your, your attitude and, and just being able to, uh, you know, share just and ask them, you know, what's their story, make it more as personal to them as possible. Uh, it's just going to set the right tone. Uh, but Dave, you know, if we go the, the next level into that, uh, Derek stepping on your toes here on the fifth point, but what are, what are some of the things you've found that have been helpful to get the conversations going? Uh, what are, what are those things that any small group pastor, any small group leader, uh, could, you know, take that up a notch? As I said, just some open-ended questions. Uh, tell me your story. Uh, how long have you been at our church? Tell me about your family. Tell me about what kind of work you do. What, what company do you work for? Uh, what are your passions, hobbies, any dreams? I mean, these aren't uh, invasive and they're not um, going to put anybody on the spot. Um, if you want to get a little spiritual, how's God growing you or stretching you? Uh, what areas in your life are the easiest to put God first and what are the hardest? And sometimes telling your own story uh, in that goes, you know, it's easy to say this, but I have some difficulties in these areas. Um, we, we love to talk about margin, but I struggle with that. And, and, and start to relate. Listen for clues where you can, you can have similarities in your life, uh, things that you can start to relate to each other. And um, so, again, what do you think God is working on in your life? So you can take it from as light and lively um, to as spiritual as you'd like to go. And I would suggest that you slowly move into those as it feels good and as you get more comfortable. Kind of have a couple of those questions buried in the back of your head so it doesn't sound like you're going through an agenda. It is just a conversation with a, a friend who you're actually trying to make a better friend out of. Yeah, no, good. So Dave, you said in the last point, we don't need to ask for anything. So you mean to tell me if, if um, they're well-to-do and they've got a vacation home in Hawaii, I, I shouldn't ask to use it? Um, if they flat out offer it to you, you should consider it, but never, ever, ever <laughs> ask somebody 
for that. Is that your car out front? You using it this weekend? <laughs> Not a great way to build a relationship. But there are, you do have to wrap it up at some point in time. And uh, when I said, when you don't ask for something, there are some questions you should ask. And I, I think one of my favorite questions to ask a member um, or a small group leader is, is there anything we can do better at our church to support you and support your family? And that's given them the opportunity without them, you know, you know, feel maybe they had something they wanted to share that they were a little concerned about or whatever. You just open it up and you ask, you ask for it. You made it very low bar for them to go, I wish we did more of these, or I wish we did less of that. And, and, um, and, and so I think those are very important to start wrapping up because you do have to wrap it up. And the the last one, and Steve mentioned it before, um, how can I be praying for you? And boy, boy, you better be listening. If they say my wife and I are struggling with this, or my, my children are struggling with that, either if you're good at mental notes, make a mental note. I'm, I tend to lose a piece of paper I make my mental note on. So I write it down and I write it down in my outlook where um, I just met with Bob and Bob mentioned this and I'll put it down there. So next time I meet with Bob, it's right at the front because I'm, I don't have that good a memory. A lot of people think I do, but I do write this stuff down because I think it's very critical. And maybe the worst thing I could do is not remember that well, going and forward. And I, I think just a little tip of the trade too is that I have never had anybody uh, when they're telling me something to pray for, if I just say, Hey, do you mind if I write this down? Uh, because I'll even share with them to say, I'm, I'll, I'll forget it if I don't. And it's, it is so important to me that I want to, I want to mark that down and, and work, work that through. So I think it's a really a good thing. And if, if it's a good environment, uh, you're not in the middle of something noisy and crazy and it, it, it doesn't feel weird and awkward, pray right there. Just pray, say, Hey, some things are heavy on Bob's heart, and I just like to lift those up and and share those. Do it right there, uh, or sometimes if you're walking out to the car right before you get in the car, if you yeah, walk them out, say, good. "Should we just do that's that good. right now?" And 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 you can have this wonderful spiritual moment, inviting God into your conversation, into your relationships. It takes you the busyness of the restaurant or the busyness of the coffee shop, the noisiness of it, and puts you a little bit more in the parking lot. That's a little bit more intimate, and uh, I think that's brilliant. Worth it right there. So. You've had this great conversation with the small group leader of yours. You've asked these wrap-up questions. You had a powerful spiritual moment, hopefully in prayer there. What what do you guys do then when it comes to like ending this thing? And obviously you bought drinks. Who's paying for this? Well, that's the fun one. Um, Bills always come and everybody looks and they're always awkward. Um, and, and again, maybe this comes out of being uh, out of the business world, but I, I reach for the check usually. Um, so it's not awkward. Again, I don't want to look like I called a guy up, invited him out to breakfast, lunch, dinner, coffee, and I'm trying to, you know, be, be odd with the bill. But I will tell you, nine out of 10 times, our members will grab the bill and go, no, I, I, I got this. You, this this conversation has meant a lot to me. I never let my pastor pay. Um it, it really is. And, and, and you just say, hey, that's very nice and, and, and very gracious of you. And so it, it's an awkward moment. We've all been in it, but I try and make it as easy as I possibly can. And I'm willing to, I'm willing to buy anybody a cup of coffee anytime they want one. Oh, Derek, note to self, uh, when we go out with Dave, you know, just make sure that when he reaches for a check, just let him, let him have going. it. Let him keep going. Pregnant pause when Dave reaches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, make sure we order the jumbo-sized drinks yeah, anytime. That's it. So then, so if you've got a final yeah, so I, 
you've got to follow things up. They brought you coffee or something like that. You always follow up a little note, thanking them for treating you to coffee, taking the time. Uh, I sometimes started out by, hey, Bob, that was awesome. Thanks for hanging out with me today, which kind of sounds friendly. It sounds like you've uh, done something together and that it meant something to you and that they're closer to you. Um, and this is important. And by the way, Bob, thanks for sharing your prayer for Mary. Uh, I will continue to be praying for her. Let me know if anything changes in that area, but I but I count on my prayers for your wife. Dave, have you found it any different? Uh, first off, I, I get so frustrated when that happens with in the secular businesses I, I engage with, uh, whether it's my real estate agent or other people like that. But do you think there's anything different between a text follow-up or a email follow-up or a handwritten follow-up all carry equal weight? Uh, I, I can't quite say they carry equal weight, but I will say they carry equal emotion. Uh, the yeah. person got instant, a, a text is instant yeah. because it, it, it was, I could have typed it in the parking lot right there. So it, it, it continues the momentum. Handwritten notes are amazing. Uh, they're getting rarer, so you don't see them very often. And you know, they were very deliberate because somebody had to do it. Um, I unfortunately have medical grade handwriting. It's impossible to read. Uh, so I, I can't actually do that well. Um, emails are kind of in the middle of that. I yeah. don't know that if, if you invited them with a text and you were confirming with a text, I think a text is very appropriate. If you invited them with an email and confirm with an email, then an email would probably be very appropriate. I would hold the handwritten note at a high esteem, but I, again, it's not in my, uh, prover of tools. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we've got, uh, I love it. So the coffee doesn't just end there. Um, you send a follow-up, whether it's a note, an email, a text. I love that. Is there any closing um, nuggets of information that you guys want to give us before we wrap it up? Yeah, yeah a couple of things. First of all, you know, you're thanking them for making an earthly and eternal difference. And I, I, I think there's a distinction there. Earthly, they're doing what they may not even think is all that important. But it is making an eternal difference. And that's why we live off of stories. Uh, share the story. Share the excitement. Um, there are a couple of don'ts. And, and uh, you joked about one of them. The guy's got a vacation home. You're, you didn't uh, take him out to breakfast to butter him up to get his vacation home. Um, the, uh, so don't any, ask any for himself. Now, on the other hand, if that same guy said, maybe don't, there, there is a huge distinction here. It says, hey, I've got a place that if you ever want to bring a, a retreat or a group of people together to use, boy, he just gave you a ministry tool, then that's fine. Uh, so, so always be listening for people who are willing to give you a place to, 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 to create an environment to have an invitation to. But I think you, your, your, your first part in this don't is, is you're going to bounce, you're going to meet some people that from all spectrums of society in, in or their leading groups. But the thing is, the people that may have means and stuff like that, don't take that as your personal, your, your, your opportunity to have your little vacation. Nothing to endear to you personally. It, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, don't, this is important. Don't forget to follow up on anything they mentioned. Uh, someone might say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this. They go, oh, I'm going to get your copy of that. Well, if you promise somebody something, do it. Some of them want you to introduce them. So boy, I'd sure love to meet the, uh, uh, the person who's in charge of the summer camp for the kids. And you happen to know them and you say, yeah, I'll introduce you to them. Make sure you do it. Always don't make a single promise that you're not going to keep because in the course of a conversation, things may come up where they're asking you for something. And sometimes I think of myself as a concierge 
to uh, the church where they go, hey, who do you know in? Or could you introduce me to? And these are these are important things. Um, just make sure you, you, you live up to your promises. The other thing, I, and I think it's kind of fun, is don't make promises that for other people. Uh, could you get uh, your senior pastor to come to my kid's birthday party? Uh, don't, don't, don't go making commitments for other people. It's um, not, a, uh, not a good thing to do um, that's there. And, and last but not least, and I think it's the way we started it, you're starting this with relationship. You're starting with being friendly. Don't just go straight down your agenda like, I need to find out this about you. I need to tell you this. I need to share that. Make it as conversational as you can and, um, and just use, use the, uh, the, 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 the interface between you and them to see where the conversation goes. And that's a big win. Just walking out of there with a person you know better, they know better. You took a giant step towards building trust, and that trust will give you many opportunities in the future to do other things with those folks. Yeah, you, know, you you bring across a teaching point. I talk about it all the time because a lot of times when you're when you're going in with your small group leaders, you're you're wanting you're wanting to know stuff. When when did leader training happen? You know, uh, did did you do the roster? Did you do you know? Did you do a, an assessment? You know, things like that. There's all kinds of things you're wanting. But these conversations, especially in the first handful of them, are all about getting to know the person. And, you know, we always say hard data is what you want. Soft data is what they're trying to tell you and, and share with you in that. And you, you almost said verbatim, one of the teaching things we talk about that the only way to speak truth into people's lives, and that is discipleship, it's got to be built on a platform of trust. And the only way you build trust with people is by spending time with them. So sometimes you think if I just had coffee with them for two, three, four times, I don't know what I'm getting, you know, where am I moving the ball down at? Well, you're, you're spending time, you're learning about them, you're praying about them, you're finding the needs they have so that then you can start to be their pastor and, and move them to the areas that, that you need to in your small group ministry. So I know we've talked about 10 tips. I know some of them can be very fundamental. You go, I've got those. I think the, the main thing we're trying to get to you is raise the level of engagement. If you don't know how, look at these 10 tips and start to say, how can I sharpen my, my tool set so I can be out in the field more? Uh, if you do know how, uh, make sure that you're actually doing it. Uh, look at your week and say, how many engagements Am I having with the people that God is asking me to pastor and especially your small group leaders? Derek, you want to bring us down and close us down? I would love that. Well, for everybody listening, that was your 10 strategic tips for follow-up with your small group leaders. And thanks again to our special guest, Dave Arnold. That was awesome. Joining Steve there. And um, we just want to thank everybody for spending part of your day with us. We hope this episode encouraged you. We hope it equipped you to better lead your small group ministry. And uh, until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to Steve Gladen on Small Groups. If you like what you've heard, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you want to learn more, make sure you check out smallgroupnetwork.com for more resources.